revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Definitely not unscathed. I have some throat problem right now. I think my tonsils might have to be ripped out of my throat. Daytona is a place of many troubles. It's kind of the Las Vegas of Florida. You don't really want oh, to talk about what happened there. It's not the Las Vegas. Well, Las Vegas Florida. is way sweeter, Xander. We understand oh, that. Daytona is about 10th on the list I'd visit in, the, in Florida. I mean, you yeah. got Fort Lauderdale, you got Miami, you got Tampa. I didn't even go to Jacksonville before I went to Daytona. Well, good thing. Jacksonville is an hour and a half north of Daytona, but it was rough. I'm back. No sunburn. But again, I'm ill, but I'm here on the show because I never want to miss another week of the Sporting Edge. Xander, we've got something sweet to offer the fans this week. Yeah, we do have something sweet. You know, I was at the track the other day with some friends because I'm a degenerate gambler and I love to bet on the ponies. And I actually saw a very famous person at the Arlington racetrack and... We're going to do this for the first time on the Sporting Edge. You're going to offer up a free shirt to anybody who messages us on our Facebook page and can guess the NFL quarterback that I saw at the Arlington Racetrack last Thursday. So that's an NFL quarterback. I'm not going to give you any more information than that, but the first person to hit us up on Facebook and give us the correct name of this guy, we're going to send you a free shirt. We got Sporting Edge shirts coming out the ass right now. We're getting an order for a thousand. We're gonna have so many shirts to give out, but we really want you guys to connect with us on Facebook and tell me who that quarterback was. Yeah, because we're not giving them out, Xander, but we do want these people to have them for free. The options will be there. We're going to run contests like this. But, Xander, because this is our first one, and I want people to understand that if you message us on Facebook, you're getting wits and raws. Absolutely, we don't have an intern doing it. We are going to be speaking straight to you th- through Facebook. So I'm adding a twofer. Maybe make it a threefer here. A threefer. I've never not, heard of a threefer. Not o- I've never heard that either. But not only will you be getting a shirt, you'll be getting... Your voice heard on the radio. We're going to put a little segment in for you, a nice little 30-second blurb. And we're going to send you a gift card to a restaurant to be named later. But that's all in the works. So, again, reach us out on Facebook. We've got close to 500 followers right now. But, again, we just started that up. It's brand new. And uh, me and Xander finally graduated, so we're full force. But, Xander, we're going to leave that to the fans. We mean you were at the Cubs game yesterday, right? We were. And... We got into an argument during the middle of the game. You enjoy a great... I mean, we started off with the Javi Baez Grand Slam. It was fantastic. 
But, but we had to argue, and we had to talk about our top five. And Xander, I know you're very adamant about your top five Major League Baseball players, and I'm very adamant about mine. And the best way to put it is these are the five guys I would call upon to start my team. Yeah, so I mean, I think you got to look at your, your top five. You can look at it a couple different ways. For Roz and I, we're looking at the top five as, you know, especially for me, if I'm going to start a team today, these are the guys that I'm going to take. So it doesn't necessarily mean the best player right now. Like, you know, last year, David Ortiz had one of the best, probably the best season of his career. But, you know, if I'm starting a team from scratch, I'm not probably going to take David Ortiz at 40 years old. So these guys are not only some of the best and brightest young stars, um, but they're guys that I want to build a team around. So I think, number one, we all know where this is going. It's got to be Mike Trout. And I agree with you. So Mike Trout's also number one on my list. And I think this is might be the only place where me and Xander agree, but this is the sporting yeah, edge. Do I we mean, ever agree? Mike, Mike Trout is the best player in the, ma- in the major leagues by far. It's not even really close. I think I put him on a tier by himself. He's like the LeBron James of Major League Baseball. He's right? LeBron James, except he's a lot younger now. And yeah. he's been... I mean, he could make a case for five straight MVPs. I mean, he is hands down the best player in Major League Baseball, and I'd love to see him play for a team, you know, that's not the Angels. No, absolutely, and we've harped on that enough about wanting to trade him, but kind of give me your two, because I know, Xander, maybe your order's not intact, but I did actually create an order, so I did put Mike Trout in one. It's intact? All right, well, because I'm interested about your two, because I don't think me and you are even close going down the rest of this list. Yeah, well, my number two is Manny Machado, and I know he's struggling a little bit this year. I think he's hitting around 225, but Manny Machado, for me, um, defensively and offensively, I think is probably the best infielder in the league. I have Nolan Arenado at number three. Um, definitely make a case that he's in front of Machado. But I think, you know, from a shortstop perspective, I know he plays a little third base too, but he is the guy after Mike Trout that I want to start my team with. I think you look at baseball up the middle, most important positions defensively, catcher, shortstop, and center field. And Manny Machado, I think, just keeps getting better every year. He's extremely young, extremely talented, and is developing a ton of power, which is rare um, when you look at a guy who's so agile in the field at shortstop, you know, I think that combination is, is, is so rare. And that's why I got Manny Machado at number two. And like I said, Arenado at number three for me. Yeah, no, and Arenado's on my list as well, but he's a little bit further down. On How far, far down? I, I have Arenado as my five, to be honest. And I think Arenado had, we talked about it yesterday, actually, or two days ago when we were at the Cubs game. And Arenado is... That was should have been the MVP last year, but was on a team that's record was very poor. And obviously, I'm totally happy that Chris Bryant took home the MVP award. He played on the best team in baseball. The Cubs won their first World Series in 108 years. So there's nothing wrong with Chris Bryant winning the MVP. In fact, he's number three on my list. But I have to give you number two, and you guys all know who it is. And Xander can oh, say whatever he wants no, to say no, because no. I don't care. Bryce Harper is number two on my list. Just look at it this year already, batting 365, 13 home runs. Two years ago, I know we had the blip last year where he had 24 home runs and batting 243. I mean, it was a blip, but he, he lowered his average 90 points. I, I mean, that's a huge swing. I mean, it's something that you don't see. And, and talking about Arenado at number five, I mean, since 2015, Nolan Arenado is first in the, in the National League in home runs, RBIs, and slugging percentage. And this is a guy who's 23 years old. I hope you cite your source and you give that to MLB Network because that's exactly where we took that from. But why I say Harper is because Harper is an absolute game changer. And I think all these players we name are a game changer. And I think Nolan Arenado is ultimately as well. 
But I'm talking about players who got there, and this team is now a different team. Bryce Harper, when he first got to the Nationals, the Nationals weren't that star-studded team. I know you could say Strasburg came on to help that, and I know there's an array of players on this team that really make him good. Red you Zone, say, Murphy, yeah, exactly. Zimmerman, Trey Turner coming up. But Harper is that first guy. I mean, just look at it. They just paid him the other day to stay for another year, giving him $20-plus million. I think Harper is really a backbone to any team, and is exactly why I put him at two and why I would put him on my team. This year is going to be another fantastic year, definitely in the MVP running again, competing against his teammate Ryan Zimmerman, I totally understand. But like I told you, they're going to finish with the best record in the NL. It looks like that right now. They're on pace to at least. Bryce Harper is my two. I already mentioned my three is Chris Bryant. And with that, I'm going to say Chris Bryant, MVP, Rookie of the Year. Next yeah. thing he needs is a World the Series MVP. Probably the best four-year run in sports history when you look at being the College Player of the Year, Minor League Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, MVP, and World Series Champion all in one. And then my four is Jose Altuve. Five was Arenado. Altuve, self-explanatory, batting three, over 300 every year of his career except for his first one. So that's my list, Xander. You want yeah, to wrap so yours? Following up Arenado, I have Carlos Correa, who I you know I love the youth. I love the, the fielding at shortstop. I think it's second best in the league. Um, and then I've got Chris Bryan at five and... A bonus six, I do have Bryce Harper, but he did, not, he did not crack my top five. That's a little disrespectful, but you know what? That's totally fine. Very excited to let you guys know that we have Kevin Fishbane joining us after this segment. He's going to be talking NFL stuff with us. He works with Pro Football Weekly as well. Shaw Media is the Bears beat writer. So we're going to cover the NFC North, AFC East. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Bears and then just kind of what it's like to be a beat writer in today's sports industry. So thank you so much for joining us. You know we have a Facebook challenge out there right now. Go leave us a review. Give us a share. Give us a like. I'm asking a lot of you guys, but we appreciate you as a whole. This is the Sporting Edge here at Liberty Talk FM, and we will be right back. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is Wits and Roz here at the Sporting Edge, and we're back. We are Grace to be joined by Kevin Fishbane. He is a Northwestern alum. He currently is a senior editor for Pro Football Weekly and is the Bears beat writer for Shaw Media. So we are super excited to have Kevin on the show. Thank you, Kevin, for coming on. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. And Kevin, we wanted to start off just because we had Corey Provis on the show a little while back and he talked about broadcasting and everything. So we wanted to kind of ask you first off, what is it like or or tell us a little bit about yourself and then kind of how you got to the position you're in currently? Yeah, so I wanted to be a sports writer for as long as I can remember. Uh, I was uh, six years, six and a half years old, started making little sports pages out of construction paper, actually recently found the folder at my parents' house that had just hundreds of sports pages from like May to July of 1994. I was really bored. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the White Sox were really good that year. So it was right before the strike. So I wrote a lot about the White Sox and I was making pictures of Shaquille O'Neal because the Magic were really good. Um, so that was kind of where it all started. And then uh, uh, in high school, I wrote for the school paper. And then I was fortunate enough to go to Northwestern where I actually spent most of my time uh, working at the Northwestern Student Radio Station. Uh, they gave me more of an opportunity to get involved earlier on than the newspaper, so I took it, um, and that was amazing. You know, I got to call Northwestern football, basketball games, 
um, and, and that kind of uh, still did some writing on the side. And, uh, and then out of college, I worked at Pro Football Weekly, uh, the original Pro Football Weekly, uh, which was based uh, in the Chicago suburbs. I covered the AFC East um, and just a bunch of other things around the league, uh, writing and podcasts and radio and video. Um, and then uh, in 2013, um, I uh, Pro Football Weekly kind of retired for the time being, and Shaw Media, which is a newspaper company in the Chicago suburbs, uh, brought me aboard to cover the Bears. Um, so I cover the Bears right now for a bunch of Shaw Media newspapers, and then we kind of brought Pro Football Weekly back um, or during in the last kind of year and a half. So my stuff is at ProFootballWeekly.com, all my Bears stuff, but I also do a lot of work just kind of covering the league in general and periodically writing some stuff about the NFL as well. Yeah, Kevin, so this is Wits here. Uh, can you take us a little bit through your role as the beat writer for the Bears? Like, you know, what's it like during the season or, you know, during the off season? Is, is it busy right now? And just kind of some daily activities that you do um, on the job. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'll, I'll start with in-season. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's a six, seven-day-a-week job, um, although, you know, it, it's it's a dream job, so I don't I want to be careful with that. But, you know, I, I always say that my week starts on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday is when the team starts their preparation for next week's opponent. Uh, so I'm at House Hall, which is the Bears training facility, for practice. We don't really get to watch – uh, practice. We just watch them stretch, so nothing important. But you know, you're <laughs> stretching is important, though. <laughs> stretching is important. Um, I can't figure out how that will make them win or lose their next game, but it's all we really get to see. Uh, and then we go in the locker room and kind of try to pick a different story angle each day. So that's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, leading up to the game. Sunday game day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at all the games, home and away. Uh, and tweeting constantly throughout the game and then trying to find some unique angles after the game to give readers a little insight into kind of the why and how of uh, what happened. And uh, uh, considering the fact that the Bears are, let me do my math here, the Bears are 17 and 31 wow. in my four years covering them. So <laughs> certainly I've covered a lot of lo- losing locker rooms, which we can talk about later if you'd like. But uh, <laughs> that's been kind of interesting. So that's that's – and then Monday is – you know, looking back at the game, recapping the game, Tuesday I usually record a podcast, um, and then the week starts over again on Wednesday. So that's in season. And then out of season, it, it just depends. You know, January through uh, April is half, you know, free agency, who are the Bears going to sign, who are they going to cut, who are they bring, going to bring back, and then preparing for the draft, you know, getting to know all the prospects, you know, which guys or positions the Bears uh, need and uh, kind of writing about them, learning about them. And then right now, we're in the next three months. It's very quiet. The Bears have a few practices that I'll cover, and then it all leads into training camp in late July, um, which is a lot of fun because everyone's really relaxed. And I was telling someone yesterday, actually, guys, the best part, my favorite time of year actually is training camp because the Bears haven't lost yet. Um, (laughs) What I mean by that is, uh, you know, I don't root for the Bears. I'm not a Bears fan. But everyone's in a good mood because they're they're O and O. There's hope, so it's it's kind of the best time of the year to uh, to talk to you guys. So that's uh, kind of the twenty four seven three sixty five um, sum up of, of what it's like covering the team. Amazing, and you just mentioned it. You've been in some losing locker rooms, seventeen and thirty one over your four years. You said so. That leads kind of in the next question. I know you've probably spoken to many players on this team, coaches as well. Has there been the, an easier or an impactful conversation you've had with one of these athletes or coaches that you really took away, or is there some player you kind of look forward to speaking or seeing during the course of a season? 
So the Bears have this interesting trend over the past few years, uh, Ethan, that they have we have a media good guy award we give out at the end of the year. <laughs> and the Bears have cut the guy who's won that award four years in a row just wow. by, like, by wow. chance. So my first year, Josh McCown was really interesting to cover. He, he was <laughs> extremely friendly, would explain the game to you in a good way. Then he was cut. Um, Ryan Mundy was similar the next year safety always enjoyed talking to him and, and he was really good that year that was, was 2014 I wrote a little bit about race um, which is kind of hard to do is um, it, it's a weird thing to do as, as someone from my background um, but uh, I asked a lot of players kind of what what they were thinking about some attention going on in America and Ryan Mundy was really really helpful for that story and then he got cut the next year wow. and then uh, Matt Slauson, offensive lineman. I've always been told offensive linemen and backup quarterbacks are, are usually the best interviews because they just have to know a lot of what's going on um, you know, in the trenches and backup quarterbacks got to know a lot about the other team. So Matt Slauson was the guy. Then he got cut. And then wow. this past year, Tracy Porter, some of the favorite stories I wrote last year were kind of centered around long, really interesting talks with Tracy Porter. And then about a month ago, Tracy Porter got cut. So we've certainly got a little bit of a curse going here, but those are some of the guys that I've uh, enjoyed uh, uh, interviewing over the, my season's come for the team. Definitely interesting. I mean, they're talking about this year how the Madden curse is coming to an end with uh, Tom Brady on the cover. So I think what leaps that now is the curse Shaw Media has on these uh, poor Bears players. I mean, <laughs> Tracy Porter, was that kind of out of nowhere that they cut him, or was that a plan in the making? You know, what they signed two guys to starters contracts. And what I mean by that is, you know, they, they, the money that they gave them, Prince Amukamara, Marcus Cooper told you they were going to be the starting cornerback. So there wasn't really room for Tracy Porter after that. So it, it was kind of, I could kind of see it coming. It's still a bummer. You know, again, you, you learn to get to know these guys. You enjoy talking to them. And then they're gone. It, it, that's that's life covering the league. It's a business. And it's a business first and foremost. And, uh, you know, so I, I think... You know, a lot of times people get really, and I understand fans, you know, feel these, you know, connections to players. I totally get that. I think it's great. But from my perspective, I, you know, it is money first you know, a lot of the ways. If you're not playing up to how much you're getting paid, uh, you're going to be looking for a, a new job soon. Yeah, so that's exactly right, Kevin. So you're on uh, Chicago Football Now as a, as a Bears analyst, which is a television show. So I kind of want you to take us through, you know, what it's like being on TV and, you know, do you like that better than writing and interviewing players or what, what are the parallels between the two? Yeah, so the TV show is kind of cool. Um, it, it's it's one of those things where I, we tape it on Thursday mornings during the season. So it's it's very stressful just because it, it's in the middle of a, of a game week, obviously, a lot going on. But it's been fun to learn just kind of the ins and outs of how to do TV, what camera to look at, um, you know, things to do with your hands or not to do with your hands while you're talking. Uh, you know, I, I write the script for that show. So, you know, trying to come up with what are good talking points and graphics that can go with those points. You know, we're really limited on video. We can't really we – don't, we don't have access to showing Bears highlights. We can't even really show video from practice all the time on the show just because of a bunch of NFL rights rules. So um, it's it's kind of a challenge that way. But it, it's cool to be able to, to you know go on there and talk. I would say you know writing is always going to be my favorite thing to do. Podcasting, radio stuff, what I'm doing with you guys right now is probably number two. 
Um, TV, I enjoy. I'm still trying to get better at it, but um, you know, maybe one day TV will be up there. But I'm still kind of learning uh, the ropes of that. But uh, yeah, TV would be next there. You definitely made my mom really happy right there so, talking about the writing. So she'll be happy to listen to this episode of the show. Um, if just a little heads up, to you want listeners. to give listeners some context? Yes, there? Uh, Kevin was actually my uh, my mother's student at one point at Highland Park High School in Illinois. Uh, so we're actually going to get into that a little bit more when we get back from the break. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. Thank you for listening to us here at LibertyTalk.fm. This is The Sporting Edge, and we will be right back. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Lady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is Wits and Roz, joined by Kevin here at the Sporting Edge. And we are having a great conversation so far, getting kind of the background behind Kevin. We finished off talking about how there's a connection between me and Kevin here. He was my mom's student back in high school. My mom's probably favorite student of all. I mean, that I heard about Kevin growing up all the time, and then our paths finally crossed Kevin way back in the day. I used to—I don't even know what haircut I had back then, but I knew that was in the midst of my crisis, where my mom was still in control of my hair and she was making me wear a bowl cut. I don't know if that was still going on, or I don't know if you remember. Maybe I was—was was I rocking a buzz cut, Kevin? Uh, I don't recall, um, you know, but uh, you were you were a little bit of a rebel without a cause back in the day when I first knew <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> it's it's tough. I was at North Shore Day Camp, not very sports uh, oriented camp. It's more fun in the sun, little arts and crafts here and there. But I had to find my sports wherever they came. But that's probably enough about North Shore Day Camp. Unless you're a mother or father in the North Shore area listening to this show, go sign up, I guess. But um. Kevin, we're starting a new segment, and we're setting you up here a little bit because I we feel like we know the answer that you're, we're going to get from this. We're going to take you to the edge. That's the name of the segment. We're going to have three people hanging from the edge. You get to save one of them. You leave one of them to fight for their own to get back up, and you have to kick one of them off. All right? And it's an easy setup. Are You You just said you weren't a Bears fan, so we'll figure – are you any type of a Chicago sports fan? Uh, I mean, I like all the other Chicago sports teams. That As I said, I, I – yeah, I grew up watching the Bears, but uh, you know now it's just part of the job. Absolutely. So this is going to be perfect then. So hanging from this cliff, you're on the edge, or you're standing above the edge. We've got Theo Epstein hanging there. We've got Ryan Pace, the new GM for the Chicago Bears. And then it's a twofer this week. It's a little special one because we've got Gar Foreman, and hanging off of his legs is Paxson. So you've got the choices right now. If you don't feel comfortable making these choices, that's fine because we're just going to make an assumption anyways. But uh, who are you saving for sure? <laughs> well, that's an interesting one for my from my position because <laughs> as someone who covers the Bears, I need to do everything I can to be in Ryan Pace's good graces. We're hoping uh, you take uh, him. You know, general manager of the Chicago Bears. You know, if he if, if I'm able to save his life, 
you know, that that makes me look good. I, I, the other thing to consider here, though, is Ryan Pace, you know, played football in college, might be, you know, best equipped to handle it himself. But, you know, I got to look out for me and my career and I got to I got to make sure that Ryan Pace is doing OK. Um, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't tell me anything if I left him hanging there, uh, you know, and and. <laughs> Theo, Theo would have some good resources, I imagine. I feel like he would devise some kind of weird mathematical way to be able to save himself. Saber metrics uh, of uh, cliff climbing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he would, he would find a way. He would call some like single A, you know, shortstop to to, to come over and, and help him out. Um, somebody he thinks is going to be a great player one day. So <laughs> I feel like Theo. I feel like I could trust Theo. Be fine. You know, Garpax. Well. It's time to say goodbye, right? I mean, everybody in Chicago, I know this might be tough for you to say in your position, but us sitting here, I mean, I know Xander, I know all the people who are Bulls fans. It's time to go, kind of. Like, I, maybe a little nudge, a little tiptoe kick on the on the pinky finger? Well, you know, hey, guys, you know, I'm still in my career. Well, one day I could be covering the Bulls, so I'm not going okay. not gonna to kick our packs off the cliff. We're just going to uh, leave but, them there uh, for let, a little bit. <laughs> let's, let's just say that uh, I think, uh, as you guys probably know, um, they they might have the fewest fans in Chicago among the uh, Chicago sports general managers right now. Exactly, and that's how we thought it would go. And uh, we appreciate you joining or joining the edge. But we got more questions. Xander, I know, has some intriguing topics to hit on real quick before we talk football. Yeah. So, Kevin, um, you know, I actually wanted to get straight to football because I had a question that was on my mind. Uh, obviously, the Bears made a big spark in the draft. You know, drafting Trubisky at number two. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts as an insider. Did you think it was the right pick, um, you know, with the direction that this Bears team is going? And I just wanted to get your thoughts on picking Trubisky. Yeah, so, look, you guys know if you want to succeed in the NFL, you need a good quarterback. And you look at the final four last year, it was Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady. Uh, You look at what the Patriots have done in the AFC, you look at what – Green Bay, Seattle, Carolina, these teams that have good quarterbacks that make it work. You, you do the research, and, and you can't find franchise quarterbacks in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds. You know, it happens, you know, there's Russell Wilson's and Kirk Cousins's and Andy Dalton's out there, but, you know, that's it. So you, you need a quarterback. The Bears found one they loved in Mitch Trubisky. And look, you know, maybe other evaluators didn't see it. Uh, don't, you know, they didn't see him as being that good, but enough people had him ranked as their top quarterback. Enough people thought the Browns might trade all the way up to one to take him or to, or just, excuse me, just take him at number one. So, you know, I've always been in the belief of if you like a quarterback, you do whatever it takes to go get him. And, and you know, we don't have a lot of reason to, to distrust Ryan Pace's evaluation of quarterbacks. We've never seen him do this before with a quarterback. So I totally understand what the Bears did there. And frankly, for me, and uh, Ethan, actually, your dad knows that I said this the day of the draft. I said that in my personal rankings, I thought Trubisky had the highest NFL ceiling. That's just from my own thoughts and, and, and judging the quarterbacks. I, I do believe he has, he has the best potential. Now, who knows what will happen in a few years, but I totally understand where the Bears are coming from in their decision. Absolutely. And this is not a shot at Chicago sports fans. I mean, I've been living in Chicago my entire life, so usually I am taking shots at them. But... Just a quick hypothetical situation here. So Mike Lennon's going to start the season off. Say he starts terrible 0-5. He's done. They don't want to see any more of him. Pace throws Trubinsky, Trubinsky into the lineup. So there is room for growth, and I agree with you about that ceiling. I think it's the highest of all the quarterbacks in there. Maybe Deshaun Watson. I really like the situation he's in with the Texans. But 
say the Bears falter and they end up with the top pick or one of the top picks and Sam Darnold's hanging out there, do the Bears consider going with a quarterback back-to-back years? Would that just make Ryan Pace look like he's backtracking? Or do you think they avoid that at all costs and would be kind of moving on elsewhere? Hey, with the quarterback position, you keep swinging until you find one. You know, So uh, I, I would be surprised if they invested – you know, that earlier pick because look, the Bears would prefer that Trubisky doesn't play at all this year. So going into next season, if, if that, you know, in that scenario plays out that Glenn is not good, then they would give the ball to Trubisky next year. And that wouldn't really give him, that really wouldn't send Trubisky a good message if they drafted somebody again. So they, they would need to know within a year that both Glennon and Trubisky are busts to use an early pick on whether it's Sam Darnold or the kid out of Wyoming or mm-hmm. Josh Rosen or whoever, um, you know, it's supposed to be a good quarterback class. But we said that we've said that years past. You never know what will happen. Um, but, yeah, you know, look, right now Trubisky is the future and uh, they're going to want to make things as, as easy for him. And it won't be easy if they <laughs> draft another one in the first round. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so um, you said he covered the AFC East a little bit, and obviously that that division has not really had a bunch of good quarterbacks except one guy who's probably the the best quarterback of all time, which is Tom Brady. So, you know, covering the AFC East every year is kind of, you know, the Patriots win almost every year, but, you know, what was it like watching and covering a team like the Patriots who have been basically the best team in the NFL for the past decade and a half? Yeah, it was that was interesting because that was the first, um, you know, my first kind of foray into covering the NFL. And, you know, my boss was like, cover the AFC East. Now I got to make it very clear. When I say cover the AFC East, I wasn't going to these games. I was not going up and down the eastern seaboard. Um, I was still based in the Chicago suburbs. We're writing for the magazine, the Pro Football Weekly website. But I read every story about those four teams every day. I watched as much as I could of all of their games. You know, a lot of times they play at the same time. So I have to try to watch replays the days later. But, you know, it was interesting to have with the Patriots being, you know, how, you know, every week it's like, well, how do you say the Patriots dominated week after week? You know, it just wasn't unique. I actually really, I didn't, sometimes I didn't really enjoy covering the Patriots as much because it would get a little monotonous and and, and the Bills and the Dolphins and Jets provide a little more drama, Um, you know, so, but uh, the the Patriots, look, the, the, the fun thing about the Patriots, though, is they find these guys um, and make them work in their system, guys that have really interesting backstories because they're not like the high-profile top picks and drafts. I mean, these are undrafted guys. These are you know guys who washed out with other teams. So that, that's kind of what made New England uh, interesting. You know, the Jets... The Jets are kind of wild, kind of a dumpster fire at times. Um, I really like covering Buffalo. I, Bills fans were some of my favorite in terms of readers back when I covered them. Like those are some of my favorite readers to interact with. Like they are just obsessed with that team. Um, and, and and the Bills PR staff was really good with me and being able to set up interviews, even though I wasn't in Buffalo. So the Bills are probably of, of those four were probably my favorite one to uh, to cover. Absolutely. And so we're coming to the end of the segment this time, but we like to get a little rapid-fire questionnaire going here. So, like, these could be one-word answers, and I'm going to try to set them up so you just have to say a team name. But before we leave, I wanted to ask, which team outside the Patriots do you think is going to win the AFC East next? What, in your opinion, is that team? Or who is that team? Man. Uh, I mean, the Dolphins probably the best roster uh, I just don't know, you know, what to expect out of Tannehill. I'd, I'd have to say the Dolphins because, yeah, they're 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 best stocked right now. The Jets are far away, uh, <laughs> and if the you know if Tyrod Taylor is a good, you know, is good, 
the Bills have some nice pieces, but right now the Dolphins are the closest. Absolutely. And the last question of the day, who is winning the 2017-2018 Super Bowl? And if you don't say the Packers, we might have a little trouble having you back on the show. <laughs> you know what? I, I pick the Packers to go to Super Bowl a lot. Uh, <laughs> so, and they and they sometimes let me down. But uh, if I'm not going to pick the Patriots, just going to throw a team out at you. Um, let's say Pittsburgh Steelers. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on the show. Hopefully we'll get you back on during the NFL season if you're not too busy for us. And again, we really appreciate it. So thank you so much. That's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This is Wits and Ross here at the Sporting Edge. You know where to find us. We're on LibertyTalk.fm and iHeartRadio. Be sure to check out our Facebook and go find Kevin on Twitter. He's got a handle there, Facebook page. Search him on Shaw Media. He's got everything. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you after the break. What's up, everybody? We are back in the studio, Wits and Roz, and I'm, I'm sitting across from Roz today, and I get to see his ugly face for about an hour. Uh, and I Opposite day, everybody. Uh, I can just see the fire is coming out of his ears right now. It's not even smoke. It's turning a full fire because I know he's got a, a rant of the century right now, so just lay it on me. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to lay it on here, Xander, and it is good to be back in the studio and see you. I mean, I definitely am the prettier of the two, but that's besides the yeah, point because I'm, because I'm angry right now. And I'm not usually a hypocrite, but it's time for me to be a hypocrite in this situation. I, I talk about the Kardashians. You know what? They're fine. And you know what? Kim made it big because she had a pornographic tape out there and the family can now succeed from it. Who, whatever. They're on the E! Network for that reason alone. But... I am so sick and tired of LeVar Ball. I preached his son, Lonzo Ball, all season for UCLA. And you know what? I'm still going to preach his son because I think his son his is, gonna, son is great. He's great. There's nothing wrong with the sons. And I feel bad for LiAngelo and LaMelo coming up with LeVar doing this. It's just such a bad look. And I he crossed the line with Christine Leahy. And I love what Colin Coward said about not stepping in because she is. She's a strong woman, and she was able to defend herself in that situation. And I don't want to hear anybody saying that she was going over the line or anything. She wasn't. I'm tired of listening to LeVar Ball because she was right. Name a brand that doesn't tailor to women or men. Like, it's just focused on one gender. There isn't one. You can't do it. We got in an argument with one of our buddies yesterday about it. I mean, Jordan Brand, you still buy clothing apparel for women. And so she was right in that situation, and she was right about the threat. I mean, LeVar was completely disrespectful. Xander, if you turned around right now and did this interview without even looking at me because you were mad at me for some reason, say, like, scratched up your car, or I slept in your bed and left it a mess. Who knows? I mean, it's just I would feel so disrespected. I'd get up and smack you. And you know what? She was bigger than I am, and she didn't lay that smack down. But LeVar Ball has completely lost it. He lost it clearly when he shut out Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. He lost it when he made the Zoes. I mean, if you listen to the show, I've never wanted to pick on a fan because I appreciate all you guys who respond back to us and listen to us. But if you bought those shoes, like what ludicrous world are you living in? Because we went back. I did my research because I didn't want to sound stupid when it came on here. So if you look at the Jordan 1s, the Jordan 1s at this point in time sell for $275. That's $200 less than the Zoes are selling for right now. Now, if you look at the LeBron James ones, which are not even LeBron James ones, they are, I'm skipping, I'm forgetting the name right now, Xander. It's actually the Generations, the Air Zoom Generations. They're selling for $150. And you probably get them at a market, like you probably get it on resale at $220. And then you've got the Kobe's, which don't break $150. So, Almost, you could buy two pairs of like actual great athlete shoes and wear those around. 
Yeah. But well, you know what? I'm going to have to go on the, on the defense a little bit here. How can you he, back he, this guy? I'm not backing him, but you know he's, he's trying to make a brand. He's trying to make something new, and you know the the fact that he's gotten this far and gotten this much press. I mean, the guy has got to you know be a little bit smart. I mean, look, every day we're talking about Levar Ball. Right now, we're taking out the time to talk about him. So he has done something, you know, with media, social media, whatever you want to call it, getting on TV. I mean, he has made a name for himself, and I can't fault him for that. You know, and I don't have a problem with that either. And that's where like you can call me a hypocrite for this, but I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the Kardashians. I don't have a problem with the Real Housewives. I'm not going to watch those shows, except I'm lying because I do watch Keeping Up with yeah, you the Kids. Watch all I do. Crap. I don't watch all of. It, but I do watch them because you know what they are smart but I don't see blatant disrespect come from the Kardashians and you might find some things they do like oh their nails broke they gotta cry and boom we gotta go get that paid for that could be disrespectful to you I don't care but what LeVar Ball is doing on national television is just an absolute disrespect to women absolute disrespect to Fortune 500 even better than Fortune 500 companies like it's just absurd to me that he's allowed to say these things you know what Maybe that is what draws it. But I thought it was fine. You want know to say you can beat Michael Jordan one-on-one in basketball. Michael won't care. I don't care. But you know what? It does make news. And Coward made that point that it's going to make news when you have somebody that's so ludicrous and just brings out these topics that are just absolutely unheard of and definitely won't be true. So, you know what? We did give LeVar Ball a lot of time on here. And he is being successful in that front. But it's time to step back a little bit. Don't be disrespectful. Be loud. But be courteous to the people around you. Be courteous to the people who are putting you on their shows. I am fed up with you sir, and you need to learn to get back in your lane and figure it out. Xander? <laughs> uh, giving him his own medicine, but I mean, yeah, this is up to Lonzo Ball now. I mean, this guy needs to come to play in the NBA, and I think he will. I mean, you saw it on first take when he came on with LeVar that, you know, he, he just realizes LeVar is LeVar. That's his dad. That's the way he's always been, and, you know, I think he is going to be a pretty good player, because, you know, just, just the way he carries himself uh, is kind of the complete opposite of his dad. You know, he's not really loud at all. Um, you know, but I Very thought it was quiet. great. Yeah, quiet, uh, pretty humble, and you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But you know, he is not working out for any other team but hey, the Lakers. Hey, Lonzo, I hope you uh, find your way to the Lakers. But for Lavar's sake, I hope they trade to the Nets. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if your dad likes going to New Jersey or Brooklyn. Brooklyn. But uh, that's you know what. Let's get off of Lavar and talk about real basketball because we are in the. Well, I don't know if we even have real. Basketball. Is it not real basketball? You know, you're probably right. It's kind of that. It's kind of like Rocky Four. You know. <laughs> The whole movie, you know, we're training, we're training, we're just waiting for the Drago fight. We've got all this, these sprinkles in between before we finally can get to Cavs Warriors. But, I, I mean, this is hard to watch, these these playoffs. You know, Kawhi Leonard... Getting hurt down. made it way worse. Dude, it, it was awful. I mean... It's heartbreaking. How, how do you get outscored by 25 points after he goes down? I know he's the best player on your team, but LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, where are you? I mean, th- this has been ridiculous. They needed to lean on him for any chance in this series, and I'm not saying they had one even with Kawhi Leonard, but this is a lost cause. Um, and I, I want to say the same thing about the Cavs-Celtics, too. The Celtics just, or they aren't a good enough team. They're a good team, but they're not in the Cavs' level. But that's where I think we're a little bit wrong, and I... Well, I'm trust never me, wrong. No, I've never been and wrong. neither am I, so just look at my record when I tell you guys what to bet on. But I think the Celtics are inevitably going to take a game. I know the whole thought is that we're going to see the Cavs, Warriors. Well, they, they can take a game, but that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean anything for right now, but look, they have the number one overall pick. So it's really I think the Celtics are that team that we're all rooting for, in a sense, that to make it more of a competition in the East. I know. It's are you really team. rooting for them, though? Like, don't you don't want to see Cavs... Cavs Warriors. No, no, I want to see Cavs Warriors in the finals, but what I'm talking about is down the road. Down so, the road. so Because people are getting all annoyed about this Cav Warrior final, but I actually have an interesting note that I heard from Shannon Sharp on his show with Skip Bayless. 
we're all annoyed and think LeBron James is getting it easy and we can call him off for not being the greatest because, well, he's playing in an era where there's not enough teams to compete with. Well, how about we think about the 80s for a second when every NBA final was attended by the Boston Celtics or the Los Angeles Lakers. The NBA has done this consistently where they have their top-notch teams and those top-notch teams make it every single year. I think it's more impressive that LeBron's going to be doing it over the course of more than a decade. And I think... We have to really admire this because once it's gone, I don't know the next time we're going to see a player like this. So, yes, I want the Boston Celtics to get better. That's what I'm rooting for, just because of competition's sake. Who wouldn't want to see LeBron James hit another buzzer beater in a Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, that's something that TV itself would love. So, we're just looking for better competition. Right. I I like the better competition, too. And I think, you know, I think the Spurs team is close. I mean, obviously, they're not as good as the Warriors, but... You know, take out the fact that Kawhi Leonard is hurt and not contributing really in this series. I mean, he might come back, but I think the series is already lost. But, I mean, this first team is is no laydown. I mean, they've been they're, – they're in a sense kind of like the Patriots to me. They've been oh, yeah. at the top of their game for – the you know, West is way decade. more competitive. Right, but I mean, the Spurs, I think, could be a piece away from, you know, maybe taking the Warriors to a Game 7 next year. But, like I said, LaMarcus Aldridge is – he kind of reminds me a little bit of Kevin Lovey. Um, you know – Kevin Love came over, was putting up 20 and 20 almost every game. And Marcus Aldridge was that guy with Damian Lillard, but he really has not come to play so far. No, yeah, and I agree with you. Lamarcus probably needs to step it up a little bit. But I think the Spurs, like you said, are going to be able to continue to compete. I think they're one more piece now away. We don't know if Tony Parker's going to come back or not. But Kawhi Lamarcus, you've got there for a while. I like Paul Gasol, also old in age. But a draft piece, a free agent piece. I mean, Popovich is far away. Popovich knows what he's doing. And, yeah, they do have the best coach in the NBA. Exactly, and he's been so successful for the long term. And I'm excited, though, for Warriors-Cavs. We've been talking it off the rails how much we're excited for this because it's like a really bad movie that really just gets super exciting at the end and makes it worthwhile. I mean, that series is going to define LeBron James. I know there's so many other players to mention in that. I mean, it could define Kevin Durant, but LeBron James wins this, Sander. I will be on the show every week, just like slipping in every fifteen seconds. He's the best player of all time. It's yeah. I, I you know what? I would listen to those talks if he were able to beat this Warriors team. But that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. It was a great week. Our first week back in the studio, and we will catch you all next week. We're gonna have some more guests on. You want you to hit us up on Facebook, try to guess that NFL quarterback, and we will see you next week, everybody. Goodbye. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.